welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, your other host. On this sh- on this podcast, we're doing... Wow. On this show, we're covering... Wow. Dang, 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 diddly, do, dang, diddle. Now, and I'm James Anderson, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. Absolutely. And you know what, James? Sometimes at the end of the time of our podcast, mm. we start to do a goodbye, and then people potentially just skip on out because they go, podcast oh, is over. Yeah, okay. So I want to do something real fast here at the very start of the show, which is I want to give every listener here uh, some of our social media handles. Uh, And then also real quick reason as to why I would love for you guys to go out and follow them. First off, the podcast's uh, handle on every form of social media is at Timeline Scav. Uh, The podcast network that we're a part of, the Scavengers Network, can be found at Scavengers Net on Twitter, Scavengers Network on other uh, places. Uh, But honestly, if you search Scavengers Network on those places, we're going to be the, you'll see it. It's the same logo, basically. Uh, And then for me, you can follow me at Colin M. Parker. Uh, and James, people can follow you at? At Unabashed James. And the gentleman who made the music that you heard at the very start of this episode and that you'll hear again at the end of this episode is Nick Bermald. Uh, and you can follow him on Twitter at N-B-R-A-M-A-L-D or nickbermaldcomposer.co.uk. Now, the reason I wanted to do this at the very start of it is because uh, we always get usually pretty much right into the show and we get right to the action. Uh, but the thing is, is that if you're a new listener... And you do the thing where you go, oh, this is their their pleasantries on the way out the door. I'm just, I'm just going to skip ahead and you know get out of the episode. You might not hear about the places where you can find us, both individually and also as the show. Uh, and it's right. important for us to have people follow those accounts and you know liking, sharing, engaging, uh, because it helps us tremendously. The same as something that I think that we talk about very infrequently, which is also reviewing the show on the platform that you're on, if they give you that option, like iTunes or Spotify, um, giving us a uh, review. I understand that everyone's always going to say, give us a five-star review, but be be honest, honestly. Like, I would rather have 12 four-star reviews and, like, really good, like, valid points of, like, love this show. Sometimes they do the tangents bit too much. Great. Great note for me, helps in the future, right? Go out there and do the thing. But whenever you engage and give feedback and help promote our show in some fashion, in an honest way, uh, it tremendously helps us getting the show out in front of other people, in front of potential sponsors, uh, for getting people out to our Patreon to help uh, keep this show and other shows running. And it's something that I am, I think, very, very aware of now, uh, post grad school as, um, you know, by, by the time this episode comes out, uh, my life situation might be very drastically different, but as of right now, I'm, you know, still doing the job search thing and also doing just a bunch of freelance work. Uh, but this, what I'm doing right here, right now with this show and a bunch of other uh, pieces of content that I work on, this is what I would love to do full time. Uh, and the only way for me to get it full time is to get my stuff in front of a larger audience. Uh, and not just my stuff, but everyone that I work with. So that's James, that's Aaron, that's Daniel, that's Morgan, and the list goes on and on and on uh, with all the people that are on the network and also just in our community in general. And I would love to help elevate those voices um, and, you know, a little bit selfishly, my own as well. 
Um, so that's why I wanted to let you know at the top of this episode where you can find those people, where you can find us. And I just want to see social media stuff really amped up here at the latter half of 2022 uh, to really help bring this show to a uh, larger scaled audience. Um, yep. And so with your help in a, in a super free way can go a tremendous distance for us. Um, and uh, thank you for your support so far. And now that you've listened to all of this, I'm going to tell you what we're actually going to be talking about as a show today. Uh, yeah. And that is, I almost said Captain America. That's not true. I mean, in a way it is, but uh, we are actually doing What If Season 1, Episode 1. And we're starting at 16 minutes and 50 seconds, and we're ending at 18 minutes and 7 seconds. And here's how it goes. Clink to a job well done. Peggy and Steve share a moment over drinks, and what a duo they are. A woman who will remain completely unfazed by a drink that, even if it had the alcohol content, uh, that could take an elephant down. Uh, and a boy who one sip will most likely kill him. Uh, and then <laughs> she immediately mentions it as such. She tells him about how alcohol doesn't affect her. He asks her, you know, how it feels. He's like, I gotta know. I gotta ask. How does it feel? And I like this moment because uh, unlike the original version, uh, you know, from the movie, she doesn't say taller. She gives an actual more thoughtful response. Uh, she says to get the serum honest truth not as different as you might think he says wow you've always been a fighter in a way the outside finally matches the inside she says that the way people view her has changed she no longer needs to be screaming to be heard to be seen to even be in the room rogers adds to be respected they both have a little moment of like oh mm, a little awkward because like there's a lot of different emotions behind that sentence uh, and you know, they get a little sheepish, but it's not like a bad type of awkward per se. He puts right. down his drink and says, must be nice. I'm still that skinny kid from Brooklyn now just in a big metal suit. Peggy reminds him you're more than the suit. The suit is nothing without the man inside, which is a great thing. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. Um, but she reaches out and touches his hand and, uh, he looks up shocked that she's doing this. And she says, you're my hero, Steve. And then she quickly removes her hand and says, I, I mean, you're a hero. She blushes a little bit as Steve laughs and makes eyes at her. And he says, you're my hero too. They lean in, but just before their lips meet, Howard smacks on the glass and yells through the window, hey, Barnes stole a Jeep. Beep, beep, Barnes is here. Come on, Steve, let's go. You too, Carter. They look at each other, recognizing the moment is gone. Stark notices this and says, whoa, hey, what's going on? He reads the room and says, oh, no, 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 you continue. Just pretend I'm not here. And then he does that thing where you like lean against something and put your hand in your palm and just sort of look at them dreamily. Captain Carter is mortified. Steve laughs nervously and shies away. And then we get a circle fade on Stark. Uh, so I do want to point out that I love this before we get into any kind of notes, specifically about this last moment, though. I love that the moment is ruined by the two brothers. Yep. Uh, and that is uh, a very fun kind of parallel to see. Yep. Absolutely. Um, okay. Now, before I get into any hostions or my note of the thing that I said I wanted to come back to, let me yeah. turn the microphone over to you, James. Yeah. And say, uh, since we're, we, this episode, we're only recording with one microphone, by the way, just so everyone knows. Yeah. Um, so oh, we they, have to they, share. Yeah. Yeah. Stop. James, no, no, I, said no, I'll, I said I'll hand it okay. to you. 
Oh, Let me okay. ask the question. Oh, Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Talk about brother energy. God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no. So, uh, James, do you have any notes, comments, concerns on this scene? And now you may take it. Uh, th- thank you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, it's on. Hello? No. Yep. Oh, um, a little close. A little close. <laughs> hot mic. Hot mic. Hot mic. Um, hot, 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 hot. Um, I have three notes. Yes. C-E-N-G. Ugh. Steve pulls out the must be nice fishing for yeah. compliments. Yeah. Yeah. It isn't a great look. Can I tell you something weird? Yeah. Over the course of 1943 and 1944, I have liked Steve Rogers less and less. Interesting. I feel like, and I don't really know why, like... This this feels like Do you mean oh, this he sorry, real quick. Do you mean this specific Steve Rogers or like Steve Rogers as a whole? I think I mean this I guess I mean this Steve Rogers. Okay. But only because the other Steve Rogers did get the serum. Right. And actually, um we recorded something with Daniel. Um, let me look at when it was. It came out uh at the end of July, mm-hmm. um, where I also have had some words for Steve about yeah. what com- what things you're complaining about and and how much of a patriot and how much do you actually want to be here and all this stuff. Right. I've been thinking about the term capaganda uh, for a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's a good one. Um, I think he improves once he gets to the 21st century. Yeah. Um, but. I don't, I must be nice is my, is one of my least favorite things someone can say. You know what though? I, 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 I totally agree with you. I, I have that same thought and like something that I noticed, which was not great, Steve. However, what I also have noticed is that, so you know how he said that like, you know, now the outside reflects the inside. I think it's the reason why we like the captain uh, America, Steve Rogers more, right? Is that he has in his heart of hearts, a version of himself that he is dying to let out. Yeah. But like, he just doesn't have that confidence. He doesn't have what he believes to be the resources and tools to do that. Right. Right. And so what's happening here is he is still the same frail boy that got in the car with, you know, Peggy Carter to go get the serum and, you know, kind of fumbled his way through a bunch of stuff that like, isn't a great look, but at the same time, you kind of understand that like he comes from that, from like a genuine point of like, I've had so many like dumb things that have happened just simply because I am this frail boy. And like, it sucks because I can't like, that's something that I can't change about myself. And so like, you know, I have these things like, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, there are things that someone could change Mm. in other situations. Like uh, if I really wanted to have washerboard abs personally, right. I could go out and do that. Will I? Probably not. But right. if I wanted to, I have the ability to do that. But Steve, as frail as he is, he could never do that. Right. Like, honestly, just looking at the weights would probably cause him to go into an asthmatic, like, attack, right? So I think that, like, I think that the moment where he says, must be nice, is also showing, though, that he's kind of letting down his mask of, like, I'm here to be, you know, I'm here to be patriotic. I'm here to do my part for my country, all this other stuff. I think at the end of the day, he's also like, I can't mm. show this to Barnes even. I think he's he's opening up about the fact that like, 
You know, he's not upset that she got yeah. the serum. Right? Like he's he's still happy for her. I just think that he's also feeling like I'm eternally stuck as this scrawny kid and I don't right. think anyone can see me as otherwise. But she reminds him that that's not exactly how she sees him. Uh, however, again, to backpedal a little bit more and go back towards, or I guess forward pedal, yeah. and go back to you like a full circle, it is still yeah. fishing for compliments. And like, it's it's the fact that he's so insecure because it's like that it's like, makes it so unappealing. I mean, I, in a way, I get it. It's like, you know, you study hard for a test. You 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 work so hard. You you start early. You you study your ass off, and you get a D. And it's like, why did I study? Because right. he's like Spend all that time. He almost yeah. got the super soldier serum. All his stuff almost came true. But then it didn't. And like, sure, now he has this super suit, but it's not, <laughs> honey, where is my super suit? Um, but it's not mm-hmm. him. It's him inside of something as opposed to the strength being his own body. That it's sort I mean, like it's sort of an imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. But I think what I'm feeling here is, yeah, like you said, the fishing for compliments not being a great look. But I think also sort of like... um she is trying to say something and he's like, you know, to be respected. And that is what she was saying, but he says it in a way that they both realize that he's talking about himself and in doing so shifting the conversation to what Steve, what's Steve's situation. And so then she is called upon to be supportive of the, of the man who's not gotten everything that he wanted Right. As opposed to talking about like how weird it is to suddenly look, be more accepted in rooms where you previously weren't through this magic potion. Which does show that if Steve Rogers, that particular Steve Rogers had been born in the two thousands, basically, or like the late nineties, like 1900s. I mean, he would absolutely be the kind of person that was like angry about, women and people of color having any form of like say and stuff like no, that. I like, mean, you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's kind of what I've been like, saying since, like. since the, the Stark expo is that like, you know, yeah, right. It's cool that he wants to whatever, but collecting scrap metal is just as important. And it's just his pride that feels like he needs to be on the front lines in order to make a difference. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, it is. So I think the thing is that, like, I think that he wants to do the right thing, right? At least in the movie. I think in the movie he wants to do the right thing, but he also wants to do the right thing in his own way, which I also get that as, like, when you're someone who has, you know, a bunch of maladies and you know that you're not physically capable of doing this other thing, that's what makes it so appealing and, like, so frustrating that you can't do it. Right. Versus like a person like the guy who is in the movie theater who honestly could go out and do those things with ease, uh, but just chooses not to. Right. And so that's why I think it's also so frustrating for Steve where he's like, if you wanted to, you could go down there and do like live my dream right right now. And like, it sucks that this is where I'm at. Um, And like, that's also, you know, he's not incorrect on that point, but like, it is a little bit of like, he doesn't have 
the well, perfect intentions with it as well, uh, which is also very funny because then they're like, he has the best intentions of every, any, anyone in this group to go yeah, out and do this. But it's like, he does always have something I think to prove. The Captain Carter timeline version of him is very interesting because it's how do you be a hero when you don't, when you haven't gotten those breaks? Like you can have heroic right. hearts and get your ass kicked in alleyways all you want. And I can do this all day or whatever. But how do you actually step up as a 98 pound weakling and actually be heroic without getting steroids? Right. Although the, the one thing, so this actually kind of brings it to the note that I said that I wanted to come back to, right? Which is that when she tells him that it's not the suit that makes him, you know, or it's not the suit that makes him, it's that he makes the suit, right? Which is fun because that is a direct parallel to Stark, who also, uh, the Howard Stark built this suit, right? But also how Rogers and Stark's son, also Stark, uh, you, how right. they interacted in the future, right? He's like, you know, what are you without the suit? Uh, but there's a lot of Tony Stark's story, which is all about how he puts on this, you know, bravado and all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, if he made that suit and put someone else in it, they still wouldn't be able to do the things that he does. Because not only is he brilliant, right. but he does actually care. You know, he is actually a much better person than I think uh, people kind of give him credit for. But he's also incredibly flawed. But that's also part of the man that's in the suit, right? And I think that that's what's happening here as well. He is clearly flawed. He is so insecure. He's so um, right. Just there's no there's no confidence there, right? But I think it's also because like he, I think is nervous that people will look at that suit and go, well, anyone could wear that suit. But yeah. while that part of it might be true, it is the same thing as Captain America, right? You know what? He's now kind of the Bucky, right? Like he is now the the mascot he is right. kind of the heart and soul of the team now versus the bucky being that right and part of that is just again because of all the yes yeah, yeah sorry but like uh uh but also honestly even for him in the movies like because bucky becomes you know his, his best friend they fight side by side once he frees him and like that is sort of who they right, but, are until but the thing bucky is though that bucky has demise, been right trained bucky has been working towards being this He's not, I mean, yes, that's what, true. I, what I hate. Right. And Rogers, Rogers had no training, no anything. And I he don't just gets in the suit. Particularly and does yeah. like that. I like it more in the 21st century because he's earned it. Cause he's, he rescues the one Oh seventh by d disobeying a direct order because he thinks he knows better. We've talked about how that's his, that's right. I think when Tay was on, we talked about how basically that's that's Steve Rogers' thing. Right. That's a that's a flaw. And that's a well but, but the thing is like, sorry, just because it's a flaw doesn't also I make mean, it. It wrong, does. Right. Sometimes someone can be flawed but still be right. You know, like it's that thing of, you know, in this moment, it's right in that moment, he knew that he, he could save those people, but like they were unwilling to he use thought him because he they could. refused to listen to him. He'd so not he like, done anything do other than chase a guy down in the street. True. He was. That's true. That's true. Um, but I think again, it's it's that it's the belief, it's the confidence in his abilities and the things that he does. And you know, I will say the the one thing that is there, and that granted, it's not the same amount of training and all the other stuff from the montages, right? 
But like he still would have gone to Camp Lehigh and prepared for these things, right? So at the very least, he's had a little bit of structure, a little bit of guidance, and like a little bit of like, okay, you are training to go out there. Did he, and did he go back to Camp Lehigh after day, he right? became um, Super Soldier Serum? Because they don't show that. No, no. What I mean is, is um, in e- even in this version, right before the yeah. Super Soldier Serum is given, even though it goes to um to carter he still would have gone to camp lehigh for like that full week leading up to that moment so he does still have some training he has you know it's not like he's just literally walking in off the street um i'm imagining that this is a thing where he still got the flag he still you know had to keep his mud uh, his uh, rifle out of the mud we're just not showing that moment because there's no divergence there right so like he still goes through all those moments and then just at the last second He's not the one that gets in the in the. But it's not uh, like the they trained them; they just so tested them. He's he has, pro- right? But I mean, like, still they they tested them, and he's proven what kind of guy he is. I don't know. I I think I am trying like, to a little bit like, what's the word for it? Like like not apologize for him, but like it's that thing of like I I do agree that if, I don't like him in these scenes. But like I want, I want to root for him simply because I like the other Captain Erskine's America point or the other is Steve that Rogers. He has a good inside, and when we make him strong with the Super Soldier Serum, that good inside is going to be magnified. If he's a good person, right? But he still gets blown over by a stiff breeze. He's not. He's what Philip sees, which is a needle is going to go straight through his arm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the suit is great and like the only thing that i think would be really interesting is if only steve could fit it now i think howard probably designed it for his specs which is something but if only steve could fit in because oh, he's small yeah. if they more if they outline that more that he has that to be small be to get in the suit yeah that would be a good take i think that would be a much more interesting way to take it than like but you're a good guy and right Right, because the test rod takes up too like, much space. Because, like, the chest literally, if it's you know, just like, anyone can fit in the suit, then I'm sorry, but like, yeah, literally, like, why not Barnes? Right. Why not Dum Dum Dugan? I don't know. I, I'm, I know I'm, anyone. I'm losing listeners yeah. left and right by basically my two other. There's, there's um, so much. You quicker. have more points though. I believe. Uh, it's weird that Howard sure likes to watch the way that he implies that he, he like, he's like, go ahead, make out inches from me and i'll be next to this pane of glass like it's fun it's funny do you think that he actually expects them it's to funnier do so, if he though? doesn't you're right if he or do you think that he knows yeah. yeah yeah i think that he knows for sure he's ruined the fucking moment so he's like "Ooh, my big sister's gonna yeah. kiss this scrawny little boy i can't wait it's to smoochy, go tell smoochy. everyone about this ooh, 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 this is like you like to talk about me smooching um, people, and now I'm gonna talk about you smooching. Go although ahead. I will say, and she's like, oh, it's the moment. Probably passed. the most bisexual mm-hmm. vibes I've ever gotten from Howard Stark in this scene. He's like, agreed. You're both because incredibly he's, hot. He's go ahead it. and make he's up. Like, oh, I'll watch. just yeah. be. I'll be right here. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. But go ahead. I'll be right here. <laughs> but unless two. Yeah. And my my final point is, I'm sad we never got more Howard and Bucky. And then I wrote that. And then I put dot, 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 because mm-hmm. I thought about the year 1991 for whatever reason. 
when we get some Howard and Bucky. And then I said, but I'm glad we have this little bit where I can imagine them going out and partying because that's a fun. James, I can't believe you've done this to me. That's so, how Howard dare you? Dare you. How, how, Howard um, dare you? Yep. Well, we both got there at the same time. But I do, how don't you like the idea of like bros, Howard and Bucky? Yes, I do. I do like that. It does make me, again, want to go back and say, give us shorts of people yeah. doing things. And it could be what if things too, because it could be fun to be like, here's Howard. And like, okay, after they ruin that moment and he goes, no, I'm just kidding. All right, I'll see you two kooky kids later. And then he runs over and gets in the car with Barnes. I want to see them yeah. be like, woo, like spring break girls and like take off into the night and like see what kind of, you know, whatever shit oh. they get into. And do they kiss? Hucky. Oh, because there's a lot of Stucky stuff out there. Hucky. Ooh. Hucky uh, Wucky. Does hucky, he huck? Hucky like, oh. does. Anyways. Anyway, listen. listen. But folks, that's going to do it for us on this episode. Uh, thank you for joining us for some lengthy conversations and probably some stuff that got cut. Uh, but I've been really stoked to get into the, the deeper characterization mm -hmm. of Captain Carter and the shittier Steve Rogers. Um, and also, just love me some young Howard Stark. Pet peeve Rogers. Oh, that's good. I like that a lot. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Timeline Scavengers, everybody. Uh, and we will see you all next time. As always, I'm Colin Parker. I'm James Anderson. Excelsior! Excelsior!